Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Christian faith has very little to do with us, right? The um, salvation has little to do with us. Matter of fact, the only thing that you and I today um, have to add to the salvation process is the, um, is the sin that required the blood of Jesus in the first place. Amen. We can't save ourselves. We don't save ourselves. We can try really, really hard. We can try to be really, really good. We can do all the right things, but without Jesus Christ fighting our battles, without Jesus paying our price, without Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection three days later, there is no salvation, there is no heaven, there is no um, forgiveness, there is no repentance. You and I today, thankfully, we don't have to have anything to do with it because let's be honest, if we were uh, responsible for our own salvation, we would be in bad shape. Amen? Anybody had a perfect life? Just checking. Anybody had a perfect year? 1988, is that perfect for anybody? <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, anybody had a perfect month before? How about a week? Somebody had a perfect week? No sin in a week? No, as in no, as in... Forget it, I don't, I don't even know what I'm asking. You messed me up. Got my mind going crazy. You did. Uh, here's the deal. Without the Lord, we're nothing. Without the Lord, the Bible says, and our righteousness is nothing but dirty rags compared to his. Um, we need Jesus. Not only do we need him, but he's available to us to take care of us, to fight for us, and all we have to do is let Jesus do what Jesus does and sit there and give him all the glory. Amen? All right, here we go. We got, um, if those of you that have been with us since Easter, <laughs> we have been going through this series since Easter. Uh, today is the last day. We have been talking, kind of going through the timeline of humanity, going through what's going to happen in the future. We started with the death and resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday morning. Uh, following Jesus' resurrection, you have, of course, Jesus' ascension, which is the birth of the church. We see in Acts chapter 2 how the church started. Um, the following week, I think we talked about, this has been several weeks ago, but I think we talked about how the church age ends, which, of course, it ends with the rapture of the church and Jesus coming back in the clouds and taking the church taking the believers out of this world and into heaven. We've talked about what life is going to be like in heaven for believers. We talked about what life is going to be like on earth for unbelievers uh, with the seven-year tribulation period. We talked a little bit about the Antichrist and his power and what the world will look like during those seven years when he's in power. Uh, and then last week we talked about how the tribulation period ends, ends 
with the return of Jesus Christ coming back to this place, coming back to the world, coming back to earth in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives, the exact same place that he left in the book of Acts. He will come back to that exact same place and take out the enemy in the battle of Armageddon, take out Satan and sin and death and all that kind of stuff in his second coming. He will come back here for um, for the defeat and the total defeat and destruction of the enemy and Satan. That's what we talked about last week. Today we're going to wrap up the timeline of kind of what we've been going through with eternity. We're going to talk about what you and I, the believers in the Lord, if this morning you are a believer, say amen. If you have been saved, if you are repented, if your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, say amen. Today is what we're going to talk about, your eternity. This is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever times, forever and ever and ever and ever. This is all of eternity. When you hear about heaven and eternity, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get there, there's two quick things that we're skipping over that we're going to hit just real fast. First of all, there's a lot we've skipped over over the past eight weeks. Um, we haven't talked about, we didn't talk about the war with Gog and Magog. We didn't talk about the rebuilding of the temple um, in Jerusalem. We didn't talk, we talked very little about the Antichrist. There's a lot about the Antichrist that we skipped over. Um, there's a lot about the Battle of Armageddon that we skipped over. There's a lot about Russia and Iran and some of those Middle Eastern countries that we skipped over. But listen, I told you guys last week, here's our plan. Sometime in the fall, I hope to go back through all this stuff in a different setting, in a Bible study type setting, where we can go in more detail, and you can ask questions, and I can ask questions, and hopefully we can both answer questions um, and learn together and go in a little bit more detail to see, see what's going to happen and how it affects us, not only at this time in the future, but how it affects us today. So we will get to all that stuff, but just not today. Cool? All right, so before we talk about all of eternity in heaven, uh, let's, there's two quick things. So last week was, we talked about Revelation chapter 19 and the return of Jesus Christ. If you look at Revelation 20 in your Bible, it talks about a millennial reign of Jesus. Pop quiz, who knows how long a millennial is? Thousand years. Do you know that because of the Bible or because of math? They didn't teach us that in Denton. <laughs> they didn't teach us that at South Davidson. We didn't learn that mess. Okay, so Revelation 20, we see a thousand-year reign of Jesus. It's called the millennial reign of Jesus. Following the battle of Armageddon, following Jesus' return here to earth, following Satan being wrapped up, being bound, being taken captured, and thrown into a pit, Jesus Christ himself will reign on this very earth for 1,000 years. If you think back to last week, we talked about Jesus' return. Where's the church when Jesus comes back? Who remembers? We're with him. We're behind him, right? We're on a horse. We're on a horse. We're on a white horse with Jesus. We're behind him. We come back with him. So during the 1,000-year reign, you and I, the believers, uh, the, the followers of Jesus, will be here on earth with Jesus for a thousand years at the end of that thousand years there's a couple things happen number one there is what the bible calls the great white throne judgment um, at the end of the thousand years what the great white throne judgment is everyone in all of history that have died without knowing jesus 
people that died without Christ, those people will be resurrected back to life, and they will have to stand and give an account at this great white throne judgment in front of Jesus. They would have to give an account for their life, for their not following Jesus, for their unbelief in Jesus. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 that at the great white throne judgment, those people whose names are not found in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and all eternity. That happens at the end of that millennial reign. Also at the end of the millennial reign, Satan is let loose from the bottomless pit that he is in. He is let loose and he comes back to this earth. Unbelievably, there are people that are alive on that thousand year reign that has seen Jesus face to face that has seen Jesus rule the world for however many years they've been alive. The Bible says that Satan will deceive some of those people. Satan will be released at the end of a thousand years. He will come back. He will gather an army, the Bible says. There'll be so many people, the Word says, it's like the sand on the shore. There's going to be a lot of people, unbelievably, that will see Jesus, that will be a part and see Him reigning, that will still be deceived by the enemy. How crazy is that? The enemy's trying to do it to you today. He's trying today to get you to think, shoot, all that Jesus stuff you hear about, it's not true. It's not really that good. There's no way. There's no way that junk could be true. There's no way he could love you like that. There's no way he's preparing a place for you. There's no way he can forgive you. There's no way he can expect you to live the way you live. There's no way he's going to fight your battles. There's no way. The enemy's doing it today. At the end of this thousand-year reign of Jesus, the enemy will come back and do it again. And there will be people that will follow his deception. There will be people that follow what the enemy got going on. And then he will gather an army to take out Jesus and to take out Jerusalem But the Bible says that that army will be short-lived because fire will fall from heaven and wipe out the enemy, wipe out the army, and Satan at that time will be once again captured by our Lord Jesus Christ, thrown into the lake of fire where the Antichrist and the false prophet are waiting on him, and there he will be for all eternity. Y'all, that's a good thing. (laughs) That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Because that is the end of sin. That's the end of temptation. That's the end of of the enemy. That's the end of heartache. That is the end of death. When our Lord Jesus Christ bounds Satan up, cast him into the lake of fire for all eternity. That's all in Revelation chapter 20. If you want to read about it in more detail, it's all there. So after that happens, what happens to us? Where are the believers? Where's the followers? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. You and I will be in our forever home, and that forever home is what the Bible calls the new heaven and the new earth. The new heaven and the new earth. Here's what the Word says in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, about the new heaven and the new earth. This is John speaking. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. 
I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her, for her husband. And I heard the loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Some of the best words you've ever read in all of Scripture is this next verse. Verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death. Amen? Anybody happy about that? Is that praiseworthy? Is that clap worthy? Okay, do it! There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for, for the old order of things has passed away. Verse 5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for the words are trustworthy and true. You and I, my friends, have an eternal home. We have an eternal place for believers in Christ, and that is the new heavens and the new earth. So let's talk about it couple of things. Here's what we know about the new heaven and the new earth. And then we're going to talk about how the new heaven and the new earth affects our life today before we get to the new heaven and new earth. You guys ready for some deep theological, biblical, exegetical study? You guys ready? You, can you handle it? Point one. What do we know about the new heaven and the new earth? Y'all, this is deep. Deep. You taking notes? Anybody taking notes? Be ready. Pat, you ready? The new heaven and the new earth. It's going to be new. It's going to be new. Can y'all handle that? Y'all understand that truth this morning? Because <laughs> us in Denton, we have a little issue sometimes understanding easy words. <laughs> like the word millennial. Who knew? The new heaven and the new earth is going to be new. What's going to be new? Well, a couple things are going to be new. Number one, of course, we're going to have our resurrected bodies that we get at the rapture um, of the church. Whether we pass away before the rapture or whether we're still alive during the rapture, we will have followers, believers in Jesus will have resurrected bodies. You and I will be new on the new heaven and the new earth. We will have a new relationship with God Almighty in the new heaven and the new earth. What do I mean by that? Exactly what Scripture says. You will not see a temple being built anywhere in Scripture in Revelation 21 or 22. Why don't you see a temple in the new heaven and the new earth? Because the temple is where God lives, right? God's not going to live in the temple on the new heaven on the new earth. Where does God live in the new heaven and new earth? With us. John says it as clear as day in verse 3, I believe it was. God's dwelling place is here with me and with you. Our relationship with God the Father will be made new. Why will it be made new? Because we will have a complete understanding of who he is and why he does what he does. And if we don't understand, guess what? We can talk to him. We can ask him because he's going to be there. He's going to be sitting right there. And he's going to be over there, and he's going to be down the street, and he's going to be over here. His dwelling place is with 
us. We will have a new relationship. Anything today that stops you, that hinders you, that blocks you from a relationship with the Lord, anything that stops your understanding of what God, of who God is and what he wants to do or what he has done, anything that, that causes a roadblock in that relationship with Jesus and God the Father this morning, guess what? Is removed because he's with us. He dwells with us. He lives with us. He's available to us. We will have a new relationship with God the Father this morning. Not only will we be new, our relationship with the Father will be new, but also our relationship with other people will be renewed. How many of you, uh, how many of you know some hard-to-love people? Nobody. Raise your hand. <laughs> Don't look to the right or left. Don't do one of these kind of deals because those things don't work because they can still see. <laughs> Told you not to. <laughs> Told you not to. Um, can we, listen, sometimes people are jerks. Sometimes we're jerks. Right? However, in the new heaven, in the new earth, the stuff that makes us jerks, the thing inside of us that makes the other person a jerk, that is removed. There will be no jerks in heaven because the inner part of us that makes us greedy, the inner part of us that makes us selfish, the inner part of that person that makes them hard to love that is removed, and we will have a new relationship with people because the parts of people that we don't like, the parts that we don't like about ourselves, those things about us that we don't like, that is all driven by and started by the sin in the world and the sin in us with the removal of the enemy and the removal of sin. We will love ourselves completely, and we will love the people around us completely because we will have a full understanding of who we are as sons and daughters of Christ. We will have a full understanding of who they are as sons and daughters of Christ and we will live together. We will be new. We'll have a new relationship with people. We'll have a new relationship with God the Father and then finally we'll have a new earth to live on. The Bible is clear that the new heaven and the new earth is our eternal home. Now let me share this as a preface before I go any further. I don't fully understand what that means. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm going to share with you the way I see it. You make up your own mind. Okay? Cool? Alex and I had a conversation on Thursday of whether we thought the new heaven and the new earth meant that this world that we live in now will be completely wiped out and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth made, or whether this world that we live in now will just be redeemed and it will be a new earth. Does that make sense? Everybody follow? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you what I think. Can I tell you what I think and you not take it as the gospel? Because I don't know. I think the earth we live on now will still be the earth we live on them. It will just be a redeemed earth. Here's why I think that. If you look back at Genesis chapter 3, you have got your Genesis 1 and 2, you have when God created everything, and it was what? It was good. 
It was perfect. The world he created was perfect. The man and the woman he created was good. And then Genesis chapter 3, what happens? You have the serpent come in, deception comes in, sin follows shortly behind, the curse comes after the sin, and then all of a sudden the world that was once perfect and good all of a sudden became sinful and cursed. Now, was the world destroyed in Genesis chapter 3 and the cursed world started? No. It was just a division of history. It was just a division of time. They could still, Adam and Eve could still think back and remember Genesis chapter 2, even though they were living in Genesis chapter 3. Does that make sense? That's why I believe that the world today will just be, like it is now, it will just be redeemed. It will be renewed, and it will just be a division in time, a division in history. So, those of you that like to work with your hands, you will be able, I believe, to work with your hands in heaven. Those of you that like are athletic, like myself, those of you that are athletic machines of twisted steel and could bench press 800 pounds and run six miles without dropping one bead of sweat, you will still be able to do that in heaven. That's not me. It may be somebody you know. I don't know. I don't think when we get to the new heaven and the new earth that we will be brand new controlled robots not having any thought of my uniqueness in myself does that make sense we talked about heaven a couple weeks ago the current heaven when we get there i will be me you will be you we'll just be a better version a newer version a different version of me and you when we get there and i believe that's true for the new heaven and the new earth as well we will be redeemed we will be made whole we'll be complete and so will the earth will be complete we have a new place waiting on us. We have a new relationship with the Father waiting on us. We have a new relationship with other people waiting on us. And we will never fully get that. The completeness of the history of life will never happen. The completeness of relationships will never happen until we get to the new heaven and the new earth. Does that make sense? All right, let's talk about this. Why do we know all this stuff? Why do we read about the new heaven and the new earth in Scripture? Why is it that God took time in the book of Revelation and in the other places in Scripture to talk about all of this stuff? Well, I think the reason being is pretty simple. Because it means something. <laughs> it's important, right? Our future, where we're going, what we're doing, what's going to be happening, we have access to that knowledge through faith, number one, and two, because it is important. I believe today that if we could live our lives, y'all see that fly? I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I believe today that if we could live our lives with heaven in our heart and heaven in our mind and a longing and desire to be there, it can change our lives today. Now, real quickly, that's a problem. There's a lot of people, you may be one of them, that don't have a longing and a desire for heaven for one of a couple of reasons. Number one, we'll talk about that's my first point. Just hang, we'll get there in a second. Number two, you don't have a longing and desire for, Jesus, or for, for heaven because we don't understand really what heaven's all about. I just very quickly tried to describe to you very briefly about the new heaven and new earth 
and I probably didn't do too good of a job. And be honest with you, my mind doesn't work like that because I'm talking about a sinless life, a life without the enemy, a life without temptation, and that is not our life today. That has never been a part of our life since Genesis chapter 3. We have no concept, we have no ability to understand what that life will be like. So it's almost like we're, we're praying for, we're longing for, we want God to come back to take us to the unknown. And that's just not the case in Scripture. We can know what's going to happen thanks to Scripture. We can know what heaven's going to be like thanks to Scripture. What I think is important today, what I want to talk about for the next 10 minutes or so, is it 11 o'clock already? What I want to talk about for the next 5 minutes or so is simply this, having a desire to go to heaven, having a passion and a longing the, to, that you can't wait, that you cannot wait for God to come back and take me to heaven and take you to heaven and what that means for you today. Real quickly, you ready? Everybody ready? Here we go. Number one, a desire for heaven shows evidence of salvation. One of the reasons, like I just said, that I believe people don't have a desire for heaven is because they don't know the Lord. They don't know the Lord. What do we know about the new heaven? God's going to be there. Sin's not going to be there. Selfishness not going to be there. Greed's not going to be there. Compassion's going to be there. Love, mercy, and grace is going to be there. All that stuff is going to be there. Why in the world would someone who, did not, who does not love Jesus and does not understand the cross and does not understand repentance and does not understand the blood of Jesus, why would they care anything about heaven? They don't. However, if we do know about the cross, if we do have a, a, a relationship, a love for Jesus Christ, if we do understand forgiveness and repentance, if we do understand grace and mercy and regeneration and being made new, if we do understand Jesus Christ and we know him, wouldn't we want to be where he's at? Wouldn't we want to be in eternity living his life for all time with no sin, with no death, with no tears? Wouldn't we want to be there? Today, if you have a longing in your heart, a desire for heaven, you're expecting Jesus to come. You're looking for him to come. You're waiting for him to come. My friends, you're not crazy. That's a good thing because that is evidence of your heart longing for Jesus Christ today. Number two, number two, having a desire and a longing and a waiting for heaven leads to a joy-filled life today. Leads to a joy-filled life today. What do you mean, Michael? Well, here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. There's a lot of people trying to steal your joy, amen? Your boss, that jerk coming up 64 this morning that cut you off when you were trying to get here to get one of the donuts with the sprinkles on top. And you didn't get here in time because some little kid took it. <laughs> jerk. Driving 45 up 64. What in the world? You drive 64 up 64. <laughs> right? A lot of people trying to steal our joy. The enemy's trying to take it from us. Get a bad report from the doctor, tries to steal your joy. Get laid off from your job, try to steal your joy. 
some family members. Anybody got some family members try to steal your joy? Here's the deal. A longing for heaven, a desire for heaven leads to a joy-filled life today. How so? Because no matter how deep the valley is, no matter how long the valley is, we know that Revelation 21 is coming. Amen? We know that eternity is so much better, so much longer than the valley and the journey through the valley. We know today we may be in a tough spot. We may have got some bad news, but man, it does not compare to the joy, to the extreme happiness, to the completeness to the, to the availability of God in heaven that we have with him in the new heaven and the new earth for all eternity. So I want to encourage you today, however deep your valley is, it's okay. It's not the end of the story. Revelation 21 is still coming. It hasn't happened yet. You may be thinking, yeah, but you don't understand. It stinks right now. No, I probably don't understand. But what I do understand is this, helps on the way, helps on the way, helps on the way. Revelation 21 is on the way, and the joy of eternity is so much better than the struggle of today. Amen? The second thing, real quickly, number three, whatever number we're on, whatever number it is, I don't know. The uh, having a desire and a longing for heaven impacts your priorities today a desire and a longing for heaven impacts your priorities today the future heaven determines my life today amen the future heaven leads me to read the word every day the future heaven leads me to spend time in prayer today the future heaven leads me to share the good news of jesus with people around me today the future heaven leads me to follow and to obey God's word today. The future heaven leads me to love those hard-to-love people that we talked about. The future heaven leads me to forgive my enemies and to love my neighbors that the word tells me to do. The future heaven guides and leads my life today. Future heaven is going to be great when we get there, but man, it's helping me out today. It's changing my life today. I'm able to love you today because of Jesus Christ and the future heaven. I'm able to forgive the people that do me wrong today because of Jesus Christ and the future heaven. You guys know the, the Lord's Prayer, right? Everybody know the Lord's Prayer? You know the line in there that says, um, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know that line? That is the future heaven impacting your life today. How does that make sense? You may be thinking, let me quickly explain it to you, and then we'll be done. The prayer is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is the kingdom? Heaven. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who lives out the Lord's will on earth today? You. And me. We have the ability today to bring heaven to earth today by the way we live, by our actions, by our words, 
by our thoughts, by our deeds. The way we live our life is impacted by the future heaven. Can I be honest with you? I'm really not that nice of a guy. Yes. Duke. Duke. I don't even want to talk about Duke. I ain't even nothing to talk about. We've be- I ain't talking about him. I'm going to start thinking bad thoughts again. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. While I say and admit that I may not be the nicest guy in the world, you may not admit it this morning, but neither are you. Thank you. Thank you, Tia. Thank you. Some humbleness going through the house. This is wonderful. Revival's breaking out. Here's the deal. The only good in our life today is through Jesus. It's because of the life that Jesus gives us. I love because what? He first loved us. I forgive. Why? Because he forgave us. I show grace and mercy. Why? Because he shows it to us. I pray for you because someone had prayed for me and because I know you need the Lord just as much as I do. I encourage you because I need you to encourage me. I encourage you because God's word encourages me. It's only through obedience of God's word do we see any form of the kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven the future heaven changes our life today changes our priorities today it shows us what's important it shows us what we need to do and it shows us how we can impact the people around us not for all eternity but today. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand. Let me read one quote to you I read this week. Let me read one quote. The quote says this. uh, Everything connected to our spiritual life and our destiny is in heaven. Think about that for a second. Everything connected to our spiritual life, our relationship with Jesus, is in heaven. Our Father is there, our Savior is there, our Comforter is there, our fellow believers, they'll be there, our name is there, our life is there, our inheritance is there, our home is there, our citizenship is there, our reward is there, our treasure is there, Jesus Christ himself is there, everything that belongs to the believer is not here, it's there. Amen? Everything is there. This world that we see around us today has absolutely nothing for us. Has nothing for you. Has nothing for the believer in Jesus. Why? Because everything we see around us today will one day pass away. Will one day be gone. And what we have ahead of us is eternity in heaven forever. I've shared this a couple times over the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to do it one more time. There is nothing today more important than two things. Number one, you being in heaven. Your repentance. Your salvation. Jesus says in John 14, I am the way. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Can I encourage you today, if you've never repented of your sin, and God is calling you today to make changes, God is calling you to repentance, that, my friend, is your ticket to heaven. That's number one priority. The second thing that matters today is the people sitting beside of you. Turn to the person beside of you, tell them you love them. Love y'all. Love y'all. There is nothing today more important than repentance and the people beside of you because they are the only ones that we're taking to heaven with us. The ball games don't matter. As much as we like to talk about them, they don't matter. The paychecks don't matter. The car, the house, don't matter. Because that stuff stays here. When we are made new in the new heaven, in the new earth, the only thing that we're going to see there is the Lord and the people in our lives. And I encourage you today, if you are a believer, you share the mess out of the good news of Jesus. Tell everybody you see today at lunch, I'm praying for you. I love you. Tell them about the Lord. Tell them about forgiveness. Tell them about salvation. Tell them about heaven. Tell them about eternity. Because that is the most important conversation you will have today. Repentance and the people beside of you are the only thing that gets us to heaven and that we will be in heaven with. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for future plans that you already have prepared for us. God, thank you for going ahead of us to prepare a place. God, thank you for in faith that we believe one day you will come back to get us. And God, thank you for eternity. God, thank you for the future heaven and a future earth where we will live in a sinless world, where we will live in a world with you, where we will be dwelling with you, as your word says. God, your word says in Revelation 22, a couple different times, Jesus says, I am coming soon. So God, we pray today that we'll be ready. That we'll be ready for you as a bride is ready for her groom. God, I pray today, if there's things in our life that is stopping that relationship, that's hindering our relationship, God, show it to us. Convict our hearts. Speak to our lives. God, we want to change. We need your help to change. We need your power to change. We can't do it on our own, but thankful today we don't have to do it on our own. And God, I pray your words in Revelation chapter 22, come Lord Jesus. Lord, come take away the pain. Take away the heartache, take away the brokenness, take away the struggles, take away the death 
come, Lord, 